Welcome to Your Best You Today, the online radio show that uncovers the hidden truths and dispels the myths about food, nutrition, and exercise for anyone of any age. Every day you make dozens of decisions that will either have a positive or negative impact on your health. Join naturopathic doctor Kevin Jackson along with Rob Heppel to learn how you can start making your best you today. Welcome to the Your Best You Today show. I'm your host, Rob Heppel, joined with me, as always, health expert, Dr. Kevin Jackson. Dr. Kevin is a naturopathic doctor who has been helping people find natural solutions to their health issues for over 25 years. With the Your Best You Today online show, we're going to dive into common health issues and explore natural solutions to them. Welcome back, Dr. Kevin. Hey, Rob. So, hey, this last episode, we talked about protein. And you hinted a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today. And I think it's the, the third of the trifecta. We've, you know, we, we talked about carbs and we talked about protein and now we're going to be talking about fats. That's it, you know, and I think, um, a lot of misconceptions about fats. And, and I think that's really, um, probably half the battle, I think, is that we, um, have been told these things about fats that have not been based in science at all. Uh, a lot of knee jerk reactions out there. Um, regarding fats, uh, you know, that they're, they're the nasty of the three that we have to avoid at all costs. And that's just not true. Now, some fats are very nasty and really should be avoided at all costs, but certainly not the, the vast majority of fats. And, and, um, you know, the, the first thing I wanted to talk about was trans fats and, you know, trans fats truly are killer fats. I mean, they, um, you know, we've heard that saturated fat is really bad for you. Well, trans fats are, uh, I would say, 20 times worse than anything a saturated fat can do for you in a negative way. You know, trans fats um, are substances that are found in um, uh, a lot of baked goods, uh, fried foods, that kind of thing. Uh, so, you know, you know, what are trans fats? Well, trans fats are fats that have been altered um, in, a, in a very negative way. And usually it involves hydrogenation. So um, you're going to see these, these fats in margarines, you know, crackers, cookies, snack foods, uh, fried foods. But if, it's, if it says partially hydrogenated oils or it's been cooked in, in, in partially hydrogenated oils, then you know there's going to be some trans fats. And the research really clearly shows that trans fats um, are really linked to more weight gain than any other type of fat. And uh, the, you know, especially if you're comparing to something um, than say a monounsaturated fat, like you'd see in olive oil, which is actually quite good for you. But the thing about trans fats is they tend to distribute body fat uh, in the abdominal area, which is really the riskiest place to carry extra padding. Um, and additionally, they're associated with uh, inflammation and atherosclerosis or the building of plaque in the arteries. So, you know, the, 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 I mentioned a few of the things, but, you know, margarines, shortening, pastries, donuts, muffins, biscuits, cookies, you know, cakes, frostings, pies, crackers, chips, bread, Instant flavored uh, coffee drinks, microwave popcorn, fried food, chicken patty sandwiches, fr French fries. 
you know, these are all things that you want to take a look at. And, and because most of the packaging nowadays forces um, the manufacturer to list the amount of trans fats, it's really important that you look where it says trans fats and take a look for how many grams uh, a day. The, you know, the, um, the American Heart Association suggests that uh, we should never ingest more than two grams a day of trans fats. And I personally believe it's more like one gram of fat, we, uh, trans fats. We shouldn't ingest more than one gram. But you have to be a little bit careful, Rob, because, um, you know, the companies uh, have, that are manufacturing these products that have trans fats take advantage of a, of a labeling loophole that allows any content under 0.5 grams of trans fat to be listed as zero. So, you know, if you have something that's, you know, 0.45 grams of uh, trans fat, um, you know, some of the foods I've mentioned, um, and it's listed as zero, and you have, you know, three or four servings of that a day, you're already up and over the, the, the level that we're talking about that should be a, a bare minimum for the amount that you want on a daily basis. So really, if you're watching for hydrogenated oils, and you're staying away from junk foods and fried foods, you're avoiding the chance of getting these um, into your system. So, so okay, so if you're, are you saying then that if it's 0.45, they still have to list it, but they could put a zero beside it because they round down or, or they just omit it? What's yeah, no, they, they just it, it, it says trans fats like uh, all the products now, I think, have to. There's a little in the under nutritional information, there's a little uh statement that says trans fats and it tells you how many grams of trans fats per serving. Um, so what they can do is if technically, I guess if it was 0.44, not 0.45, but 0.44, they would list it as zero. The other issue that what they'll do is let's say um, that a serving of a product has um, 0.9 grams of, uh, or say, 0.8 grams of saturated fat per serving. What they'll do is at the top of the list, they'll say per half serving. And so, and per half serving, then that would make it 0.4, and therefore they could put down zero. So, in other words, you know, if you were looking at uh, something that you would normally have a cup of as a normal serving, they would just list half a cup and put down serving size half cup. And that way they can put down zero for their trans fats. So that's why it's we can be fooled very easily with these trans fats, and they are really, you know, you know, people are worried about saturated fats. Saturated fats are nothing compared to trans fats. So then, um, what should we, you know, what should we do? Like, how do, um, like, how should we avoid them then? Well, you know, like I was saying, Rob, you know, if we avoid junk foods, so you know, it's really pastries, baked goods, donuts, muffins biscuits, you know, cookies, cakes, pies, chips. Um, you got to watch your bread. Uh, some breads, you know, there's there's no trans fats, but some definitely there are depending on the quality. Microwave popcorn, you know, fried foods. If You just really want to try and stay away from those. And so we have to really cut those out. Not There's not going to be a healthier alternative to what you just listed. That's true. Um, you know, unless... Here's the interesting thing. If you if you cook food in saturated fat, um, then there's no chance that that saturated fat can convert 
to a trans fat. So I'll say that again. You know, the old adage that, you know, you, you never cook things in lard anymore uh, or in butter or in, uh, you know, coconut oil because they're saturated fats. A saturated fat cannot become a trans fat. Only an unsaturated fat can become a trans fat. So polyunsaturated or unsaturated can become, if it's hydrogenated, it can become a trans fat. And, you know, that's that can get kind of complicated, but if you just remember that, you know, saturated fats are the, you know, the, the fats that you get from meats and lard and, and, and typically from butter and coconut oil. Um, those are actually quite safe uh, when we're talking about trans fats because you just won't find trans fats um, from that source, from those sources. So then, well, can we dive a little bit deeper then into saturated fats? Yeah, and, th and this is, you know, this is a, a really, I think, important point to be made uh, tonight on in, in this episode. And that is, you know, we, we've heard nothing but bad things about saturated fat. Saturated fat has long been vilified by the medical profession and the, the powers that be generally saying that we, you know, we really have to minimize our saturated fat. Well, there was a really interesting study that was done in 2010. It was published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. Um, and and science, uh, scientists really discovered that there wasn't enough proof to link saturated fat to either heart disease or stroke. Um, and, and then four years before that, there was a, actually a, a, a large health study called the Women's Health Initiative. And they found that eating less saturated fat did not result in lower rates of heart disease or stroke. And um, in this study, um, the 2010 study that I was telling you about in the American Journal of Clin Clinical Nutrition, um, it was very large. It was a meta-analysis that involved 21 studies and nearly 350,000 people. And... Um, it was quite clear, and you know, one of the medical doctors involved uh, basically said that you know everybody just assumed that the evidence against saturated fat was strong, um, but when they actually analyzed this and they looked at all the the research that uh, that came from it, um, they had to get they they he said that we had to work hard to get our, our study published because. Um, there was an intrinsic mistrust of this kind of result showing that saturated fat really was not a player in stroke and heart attack. And so, you know, I mean, and there are many other studies to, to actually back this up. Uh, so, you know, I think when it boils down to it, if you look into this, and, I, you know, I've been saying this for years, there is no clear research to show that uh, saturated fat is linked to all this heart and stroke problems. And um, there was uh, actually a medical doctor out of um, uh, Harvard Medical School um, also uh, involved in some, some research following and finding the same uh, results. Um, and basically what they found was saturated fat is just not a concern when it comes to stroke and heart attack. And what the research discovered was uh, that, you know, cutting out saturated fat didn't make a difference um, until you considered what people ate in place of it. Um, you know, swapping out animal fats for vegetable oils, for instance, um, using soybean oil instead of butter appeared to lower your LDL cholesterol levels 
and slight disease risk. But, you know, trading uh, bacon for bagel didn't make any difference. And so a lot of the studies out there that have shown or, or that uh, hypothesized that, you know, saturated fat was really unhealthy for us and was linked to heart attack and stroke were all based on animal studies. And um, there's not a lot of good research, uh, I mean, real research that's, that shows or scientific research that shows that uh, saturated fat is truly um, an issue for us. So, um, you know, I think this is a lot of, a bit of a shocker for a lot of people, but, uh, you know, back in the 100 years ago, people ate a lot more saturated fat than we do today because now we have all these options in place of saturated fat like you know vegetable oils well vegetable oils are a relatively new invention we didn't have that everybody used lard back a hundred years ago and um, you know we have more heart attacks and strokes than ever before and uh, compared to, to that era a hundred years ago um, so just common sense tells you tells you that um, you know that the saturated fat is really not all the you know, the negative things associated with uh, with it that we, we believed in the past or that people have believed in the past. So, I, you know, I think that's that's so important. So don't be afraid of, you know, good quality uh, red meat. Uh, and I know that sounds like, a, um, you know, a, a, probably a shocking thing for a naturopathic doctor to say, uh, but good quality red meat, and we're going to talk about that specifically, is uh, actually a great source of protein. Uh, and it actually can be a source of omega-3 fatty acids, which are the great fatty acids that we get from fish. Well, can you, um, before we kind of move on, what are, you You gave a bunch of examples of the uh, trans fats. What are some of the other examples of saturated fats? Well, you know, saturated fat, I mean, is, is the fats found in, in most red meats are, are relatively, you know, depending on how lean the meat is and how much you cut off, um, Saturated fats are, are found in, in uh, uh, you know, beef, pork, lamb, and bison, um, to some extent in chicken and turkey, um, and also found in uh, cheese and dairy products, uh, and eggs. Um, so animal products, basically, um, are the main sources of saturated fat. The exception to that nowadays... Uh, more and more people are using coconut oil as um, you know something to cook with, and they're actually using it as a um, as a source uh, of nutrition. People are taking it uh, to stimulate their immune systems. Uh, they're they're using it uh, to help digestive issues, um, and they're cooking with it. And, and you know, I recommend, I, I strongly recommend that if you're going to do any high temperature cooking, that you only use organic coconut oil. Because it's saturated and it doesn't turn into a nasty fat when you heat it up. When you take a, 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 a monounsaturated or a polyunsaturated fat, like you'd find in olive oil or in corn oil or, you know, safflower, safflower canola oil, etc., uh, when you heat it up, uh, and it's, you'll see that it starts to smoke at a fairly low temperature, uh, and that fat now becomes a nasty fat. It's not a trans fat, but it is. Uh, it's not good for you. Um, and saturated fats um, are much more stable at high temperatures. So that's why coconut oil is great. But, you know, back to um, just a, a, another study. And, we're, you know, when, when we're on the topic of fats, we, we can't avoid talking about cholesterol. 
And, you know, cholesterol is a real um, concern for me, not because I see patients who have high cholesterol, because um, really um, the number one prescribed drug in North America are statin drugs, and they are drugs used to lower cholesterol. And uh, we'll probably have an episode just on statin drugs at some point because they're one of the things that I um, abhor uh, of all the medications out there. It's probably one of the drugs I abhor the, the most because, um, well, just to give you an example, there was a 10-year follow-up study on ischemic strokes in, a, in the Copenhagen stroke, stroke Study, and this was done out of uh, Denmark. And it was a very comprehensive study, and it looked at, um, at people um, who had high versus low cholesterol levels. And what this showed quite conclusively was um, the people who had high cholesterol had less mortality and morbidity associated with strokes than people who had low cholesterol. And I'll say that again. So the people who had high cholesterol actually had lower chance of mortality and morbidity from stroke than people with low cholesterol. We have been led to believe over the years, time and time again, that high cholesterol is the one of the most horrible things that can happen to us because we're going to end up with a stroke or heart attack if our cholesterol is high. And the evidence for many years, and certainly with this Copenhagen study, uh, clearly indicates that that is not the case. Um, now, when we're talking about good and bad cholesterol, that's a different story, but so many people look at uh, medical doctors, they look at total cholesterol, and they, they put a person on a statin drug because their total cholesterol is high. And, you know, the research clearly shows that that should not be done, um, and especially with these drugs being so, you know, widely prescribed, and they have so many side effects. I mean, some of the side effects with statin drugs are, you know, uh, amnesia, uh, liver and kidney damage, uh, rhabdomyolysis, which is a disease of the muscles that causes severe weakening um, and uh, pain in the muscles, uh, joint pain, um, and uh, you know gastrointestinal problems. On and on it goes. So, really, um, you know, cholesterol is just not as big a concern as. Was originally, you know, sent out to the to the to the masses, and we're all under that uh, belief that we have to lower our cholesterol at all in all um, cases, and that just is not the case. We should not be worrying so much about cholesterol. We should be looking at other things that are important preventives for stroke and heart attack. And we're going to have an episode uh, exclusively on some of the things that we can do to prevent stroke and heart attack and actually blood tests that you can have done to um, to determine whether or not, uh, you know, stroke and heart attack is in the cards for you. Um, because, you know, you hear these stories all the time that people are healthy and then they just fall over one day with a stroke or a heart attack. Uh, nobody was expecting it. Well, there are many things you can do to, um, you know, to, to look at your risk for these things. Uh, and cholesterol is not one of those things uh, in most cases. So, um, so let's look at, uh, at 
the omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids. So the omega-3 fatty acids, they're the good fats that we know of. They're anti-inflammatory. They're found typically in fish and seafood. The omega-6 fatty acids are the more inflammatory substances, that, and they're found typically in red meat um, and to some extent in chicken. Uh, so if you look at... Uh, Eggs. Let's just look at eggs here. Uh, Range-fed eggs have an omega-6 to 3 ratio of 1.5 to 1. Um, so that means that there's, for every 1.5 units of omega-6, there's 1 unit of, of omega-3. So that's a very close ratio. So that's excellent because the omega-3s are very positive and have these great benefits to us. Whereas you buy a supermarket egg and the ratio is about 20 to 1. And that's a huge difference. That means you have 20 times more of the more inflammatory fats than you have of the anti-inflammatory fats. So, you know, people say that an egg is an egg. That's just not the case. So getting range-fed eggs makes a difference. And why? Because if chickens eat, you know, vegetables, they eat insects, they eat grass, they eat, um, you know, uh, fresh uh foods available to them in their environment, then they'll have this high amount of omega-3 fats in their in their eggs. If they're full fed grains and um, prefabricated foods, then they tend to have very high levels of the omega-6, which are inflammatory and not good for us. So for the range-fed eggs, if if you were to purchase organic eggs, would that be would they fall under that? Or? Yes, typically organic means that um, the the animals are range-fed and they're actually ore-fed a diet that is high in omega-3 fatty acids, a natural diet. Um, and as a result, their ratios also are going to be guaranteed to be um, um, leaning more towards the omega-3 fats than the omega-6 fats. Um, and... You know, there was an interesting study, you know, talking about meats. Um, uh, North Dakota State University uh, conducted a study on the nutritional difference between grass-fed and gra uh, grain-fed bison. And what they found when they looked at the meats was that the grass-fed bison had the omega-6 to omega-3 ratio of 4 to 1, and the grain-fed was 21 to 1. So here's another situation where you can get uh, a grass-fed or a pasture-fed meat that's actually good for you because of these omega-3 fatty acids, a lot more of the omega-3 fats, which are what we get out of fish. And everybody, you know, that's the, one of the major benefits that we get from fish because of the heart benefit, the, the you know, there's a mental benefit, a cognitive functioning, it's anti-inflammatory, um, it thins your blood. Um, so, uh, so some real benefits with pasture-fed foods and, and pasture-fed meats. Um also, how long uh, uh, cattle are fed grain versus pasture is really important. Um, you know, after 200 days in a feedlot, grain-fed cattle have omega-6 to omega-3 ratios that exceed 20 to 1. So, meaning very high levels of omega-6. Um, and m most cattle are fed for at least 200 days on grain. But if you go the other way and you have no grain or very little grain, then those omega-3 fatty acids increase in the meat of the cattle. So 
So that's uh, that's an important thing. Look for pasture-fed. Look for grain. Uh, look for uh, grass-fed meats. You know, uh, beef, pork, lamb, bison, all uh, potentially uh, your your better options. Uh, less less so pork, but certainly uh, lamb, bison, and beef. Um, actually, very good for you. Good quality protein. Uh, and hopefully, you know, especially, you know, if you can get something that's organic, that's even better because then you know that there's going to be no antibiotic residues in the, in the food or hormones used as well. Now, does this, is this still the same when you talk about fish, like um, farm fish versus wild, like salmon, for example? It's true. You know, um, they've definitely shown clearly that uh, wild fish have higher levels of omega-3 fats than the farm fish, uh, the salmon, for example, Atlantic salmon, which is farmed um, off the west coast of North America. Um, uh, definitely, um, we, we see huge differences in the amount of omega-3 fatty acids, but just also the quality of the meat is so much better. Um, and then there's a, inherent issues associated with farm fish you know, like um, sea lice, and uh, they do, do tend to use hormones in their uh, their diet. The, the quality of the meat um, is, is completely different. Uh, a lot of people, certainly um, in our area here, refuse to buy the farmed fish. And in fact, a lot of it is sent to um, Asia because it's just not a good seller in, in our neighborhood here for, for those reasons. But, you know, um, Rob, the other thing that we were talking about earlier um, was eggs. Uh, we're talking about the effect, you know, the protein source of eggs. And, you know, historically eggs have been considered unhealthy because they can contain cholesterol. Um, you know, a large egg contains about just over 200 milligrams of cholesterol, um, which is, is a lot compared to most foods. Um, however, you know, it's been proven time and time again that eggs and dietary cholesterol do not adversely affect cholesterol levels in the blood. And this is certainly what I've seen over the years. In fact, you know, I have many people who come in with elevated cholesterol, you know, poor LDL to HDL ratios in their their good versus bad cholesterol or bad versus good. Uh, you know, I actually put them on increased eggs in their diet. Um, my rule of thumb is don't eat more than five eggs a day. You know, eggs are a great source of protein. They're, they're high in nutritional factors, um, and the evidence clearly shows that the cholesterol we get from these eggs does not, in most cases, increase our blood cholesterol levels. Um, and there was a meta-analysis done, and it was published in uh, 2013, and it looked at uh, 17 studies, uh, and they discovered that eggs had no association with either heart disease or stroke, uh, and people who were uh, healthy. It did not increase their risks in any way. Um, and so, you know, what is it about eggs that, that's so good? Well, first of all, you know, they're high in antioxidants. They've got two antioxidants which are really important, lutein and zeaxanthin. And these are two things that are, have been shown recently to have very positive effects on eye health, retinal health. People with macular degeneration... Um, or even uh, glaucoma, um, and uh, who people who are prone to retinal tears. Um, these uh, two antioxidants have been shown to be really beneficial for these people, and I actually use these as treatments for these eye disorders. But eggs are loaded with these uh, these two wonderful antioxidants. Um, 
And also, uh, you know, among other things, you know, one large egg, um, it, it has 77 calories, so it's not a lot of calories, um, five grams of fat and six grams of protein and nine essential amino acids. Uh, it's rich in iron and phosphorus, selenium, vitamin A, B12, B2, B5, and uh, it contains a lot of choline, about over 100 milligrams of choline, which is really important for brain function. I actually use choline to treat people who have memory problems um, and dementia. So again, eggs can be beneficial there. And, um, you know, choline is also helpful for our liver functioning. And so, you know, most of us have taxed livers, and we're going to be talking about the liver um, at a, in a future episode um, because it's such an important organ. It performs over 500 functions in the human body and, and really gets abused by most of us. But so choline is one of these things that really helps out the liver. And so, you know, the other great thing about eggs is because of the fat and the cholesterol in there, they're very satiating. So they actually help you lose weight. How do they do that? Because when you eat eggs, they actually stay with you for a long time. You feel full for a longer period of time, so you don't need to eat as often. And that's why I recommend, you know, it, you know, for people who have the time, if you can get up and eat eggs in the morning, it's just a great way to start your day off because you're getting good quality protein, you're getting a bunch of antioxidants, you're getting great nutritional value, you're getting the good fats that are going to satiate you, and you put that all together, and it's really hard to beat eggs for breakfast. Or, you know, some people put them in, in shakes or protein shakes. So, you know, I think that's, a, that's also a great option too. Now, you know, we talked uh, a little bit about coconut oil. And, um, you know, coconut oil is, is great because it's, uh, it's high in something called um, lauric acid. And lauric acid is a saturated fat, but it's, it's been shown to be really healthy for us. And, um, and uh, there are other substances in um, coconut oil, such as um, caprylic acid, uh, which is actually an antifungal agent. So it can actually be used to treat yeast infections. So you know, coconut oil can be used to treat yeast infections. You can take it orally. Um, and it, it has a lot of polyphenols, which are substances that act as antioxidants in the body. So, you know, coconut oil, which is a great thing to cook with, can actually be, a lot of people are now using it as a, as a daily supplement that they take a tablespoon of it every day uh, because it's beneficial to them on many on many levels. So, you know, that's really what I wanted to touch on um, as far as the fats go. Uh, you know, there's a lot more to it, but I think in a nutshell, I think we've kind of covered the important part of this, Rob. And, you know, I think that uh, hopefully this will uh, give people out there listening uh, a little bit more insight into fats. It's not something that we need to be afraid of. Uh, and in fact, um, you know, for a lot of my patients who I'm trying to get them away from the carbohydrates and getting them onto fats, like, you know, avocados are a great source of fats that I love. Um, and they're satiating as well. They make you feel full and you can, you know, they sustain you for a long period of time. Nuts and seeds also contain fats. And so they're, they're also beneficial to us and they give us some protein as well. Um, so, you know, that combined with the eggs and the, and the things we've spoken about with red meats and, and whatnot, I think are, are great things to incorporate into our diet. And, and, and don't be afraid of these things. They really are beneficial. And, uh, you know, there's lots of information out there on the web. Uh, not that necessarily all the information on the web is great, but, um, you know, there, there's a lot of information that you can look up for yourself and see that there are actually some, some good clinical studies to show 
that these these fats are really not the uh, pariah that we once thought were they were. Well, Kev, this has been uh, you know again another. It seems like every one of these episodes is a eye opening thing with um, all the stats, uh, especially just the difference between I think you know the grain fed chickens and their eggs versus the uh, free range eggs and the difference between the omega three and the omega six. Never knew that before. You can't get that information off of the um, uh, off the container. And, or I guess it's stated there, but, you know, the common person doesn't know how to interpret it. And, you know, you just think, oh, well, you know, it's got a nice box and, you know, it looks like it should be healthier or really what's the difference? Is it, is it worth paying double for the free range or organic eggs? And, you know, obviously if you're worried about your health, it's probably a small price to pay. I agree. You know, it's, it's something that, um, you know, for a lot of people, they have to draw the line somewhere because, you know, everybody has a budget and everybody has to say, OK, we can only spend so much. But, you know, when you're looking at your health and your ch- your children's health or your spouse's health, um, you know, food is one of the most important things that we have total control over. And uh, so, you know, I think making the right decisions when it comes to food, um, you know, which is really what we've been talking about uh in essentially for the last nine episodes, um, you know, making those right decisions. And, you know, if you make a few better decisions each day, uh, the net effect is going to be a positive one for you. And I think hopefully um, some of our listeners can use the, this information to um, to make the quality of their life and the life of their loved ones better um, than, you know, mission accomplished. Well, this is great, Kev. Thanks again for such a, an enlightening episode. And uh, uh, for you, the listener, we uh, appreciate you listening. Uh, hope that uh, you've been able to take some pointers, uh, apply that to uh, how you're going to eat and how you're going to make your food choices. Uh, if you have any questions at all, make sure you leave a comment below the, the podcast here on the website. And, uh, and if you're enjoying what you're hearing, uh, we'd ask that you uh, share this podcast with a friend. Thanks a lot for listening. This is the Your Best You Today online radio show. This has been another episode of Your Best You Today with Dr. Kevin Jackson and Rob Heppel, where they tackle nutritional topics so that you can become your best you today. To ask a question or leave a comment, visit the website at www.yourbestyoutoday.com. Make sure that you never miss another episode by subscribing to this podcast for free on iTunes.